Robert Louis Stevenson said, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. Benjamin Franklin said, tell me and I forget, teach me and I remember, involve me and I learn. Guys, everyone should have a process in life. You should have a habit, a ritual, something that you do to be successful in life. Follow the process and make shit happen. Welcome to Make Shit Happen, episode number 13. This week, we interview Sukhana Rajani. She is the owner, the founder, the CEO of Macaroons by Patisse. Sukhana also shares her insights about how she takes life, how she took the loan from her parents to start Macaroons by Patisse. She talks about humility, talks about a lot of important life lessons. Without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Sukhana Rajani. Welcome to Make Shit Happen Show. Today is episode number 13. Today we are here with Sukena Rajani. How are you doing, Sukena? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for thanks for taking the time. I, I really appreciate it. I know you're you're going through some family tr- uh, problems. Your brother is ill and yes. you still made time. So I want to thank you for oh, that. Oh, no. My absolute pleasure. Thank you again. So, Sukena, you know, I was reading about you and uh, you grew up in Canada. I did. I was born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta. Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, in 2014, I learned that Alberta is almost a tw- like like a twin city mm-hmm. of Houston. It's oil and gas based. So that's yeah. like the first similarity. Um, and then we love cowboys like y'all do. <laughs> yes, for sure. So, you know, we, we have a big rodeo. I mean, they have rodeo. Over there? We have the stampede and I believe it's even larger than the rodeo. Really? Mm-hmm. Bigger than rodeo. Bigger than the rodeo. So what they do? They have the same. Um, yep, like the exhibition, concerts, concerts ex- food. So I have mean, you been to rodeo? I have. Have you been to the rodeo cook-off? I have. Okay. Well, I, I'm telling you. So I've been going to rodeo cook-off. Uh, this is gonna be 13th year. I've only missed one year in 13 years. Okay, that's impressive. That's pretty. That's I, pretty that also right? tells me you like to party. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> not gonna say anything about that. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I, I'll always get like one or two uh, rodeo, uh, one or two passes bands. Yeah. Uh, I mean the the wristbands, mm-hmm. and I'll end up going to maybe about seven or eight tents. Don't ask me how. Like, don't ask me why. Back back just, to the original I conclusion. Just, you I like just, to party. I just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, for some reason, I've always had this thing. Like I don't like to stand in line. I don't like to just, you know, just keep going. Like like you belong there. Yeah. You know, sometimes you know you're in business. I'm in business, and you know, sometimes you for you to be you know, for you to succeed in business, you just got to sometimes just go do it. But, you know, by, by by saying that, I remember that one of the guys who always like to do it and don't think about stuff is uh, Tillman Fatita, and you were in a show. We were. We were the premiere episode. The Billion Dollar Buyer. That's where I saw you the <laughs> first time. Yep. How was that experience? Um. Let me just put it this way. I don't think I will ever hate on the Kardashians ever again. They know how to put on a really good show and film it within a certain period of time on a daily basis. How long did it take um, to film? It took us about 13 days to film 22 minutes of airtime, of which only 11 minutes was probably me. Like the rest was Tillman. Right. Yeah. So so 13 days. Like, And how long was each They were day? like... 10 12 hour days i mean they made us go as long as we could there was one day in galveston that actually got completely cut out um and we were probably there for about 18 hours really? um that was the day that um tillman wanted to film his helicopter landing and so that took a bit of time and we did a big um 
little competition between his pastry chef and me. Um, and then we were able to go by the San Luis, like we were at the San Luis resort. Uh -huh. So we got to walk around the pool and talk to guests and sample macaroons and gelato. And it was awesome, but it just got cut. I mean, we can't control that. LA so, controls that. So how did you, how did you get in touch with, I mean, how did you get on the show? That's what I want to know. Um, I'll be really honest. Uh -huh. I still don't know. Um, I did not audition for the show I got a call from CNBC once and you know you as a business owner you think they're soliciting you're like I'm yeah. not interested click yeah. I'm not interested click and finally this one woman was like listen like I really need to talk to you somebody referred us to you we're casting for the show and so I told her to call me after an hour because I had spin scheduled and the way that my life works is that if I don't like make it to these things it just doesn't happen you know okay. so I've learned to now spin, slowly like spin cycling yeah okay. I need to learn to prioritize myself in a little bit of this mix so uh -huh. um, especially after years of not prioritizing myself so she called me exactly in an hour and so I picked up the phone she told me about the show I told her I wasn't sure about it and then she dropped Tillman's name and I'm like well I know Mr. Fertitta because Mr. Fertitta and Paige have been our clients when we when we first opened mm -hmm. and so I'm like you know he exists you can't just name drop and they're like yeah he's on the show and I'm like oh he's a billionaire I'm like okay let me look into this so that night I went online uh -huh. and I looked at the casting but the casting was closed so I was like, why are they contacting me? Um, and then I have South Asian parents. And so of course my, and you know, they start asking questions about your financials and, and things about your business that are a little bit more proprietary. And my parents are like, it's a competitor. <laughs> so they're trying to get information from you. Be careful, don't tell them anything. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. So I actually did this weird thing, which they all laugh about now, but uh, the casting director's email was just a weird generic email. Like it wasn't like, oh, um, you know, casting director at Endemol Shine Group or CNBC. It was like Kandra at casting.com or Kandra casting at gmail.com. And I'm like, something's shady about yeah, this. Yeah, I don't know about right? that. I don't know. So, I, would, I would have thought the same thing. So I ended up going ahead and calling um, Endemol Shine Group, who was taking care of CNBC or the network that they're in. And um, I was like, hey, are you guys casting for this show who's the casting director she tells me like can you forward me to her line and so of course she answers and she's like hey Sukane, I'm so glad you called back and I'm like she's like why were you calling I'm like I was just making sure you were legit <laughs> like just straight up um so I actually don't know how we got referred they said that someone went ahead and referred us they were really interested in making us the premiere like feel good family episode mm -hmm. especially since we were in the heart of River Oaks where you know Tillman's house and family are um and so that's kind of how it started so does him, him or his wife or uh, um, still come in? We, we, so now they have their own pastry chef for um, the pastry shop that they've opened up at Post Oak Hotel. Okay. So they can get macarons from there. Um, but we do still bump into each other a lot. And they are a lovely, lovely, lovely family. You, you've been to Post Oak Hotel? I've been there, yes. In fact, I... Did, he, did he at least give you the membership for oak room or something <laughs> i you know what Let, i'll throw that pitch at him the next time i see him <laughs> next time you see him yeah yeah that's a that's a nice place you've been to the oak room? i have i have yeah, nice place so you need it to is. tell him hey great view you need to tell him let, let me be the member over there yeah at least just do that much right that, you didn't give me much. a deal at least give me this yeah that, a complimentary <laughs> so so did you get a deal with them no we did not um and the reality of the matter is is that macarons are a very like luxury product and most of the restaurants that tillman's a part of were not really the clientele that would want macarons mm -hmm. so post oak hotel the casinos and you know that new little pastry shop that he did um were definitely but the volume just wasn't high enough and so and we couldn't agree on pricing um i was a little bit too expensive so it was so basically the show was real like the, the pricing was higher than he wanted and then he said hey i'm sorry i'm not gonna do it blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah so nothing but he probably just bought it from 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 you just for his 
employees or something like that. It was, well, usually when, beforehand, it was for family, right? Okay. It was for functions or uh-huh. parties and things like that. So, um, but for on a business level, no, we didn't end up doing it. So now, you know, you were telling, you know, I was reading your bio and it, it said that you were, you had went to school for um Pharmacology. Pharmacology. Tell us what is pharmacology. So pharmacology is basically drug science. It's Uh what you would do leading up to becoming a pharmacist if that's what you chose to do, if you wanted to dispense. Uh Um, I didn't, but then I soon realized I also could not stare in a microscope all day. Like I'm far too social for that. Uh Um, And so I did another degree in secondary ed. So I actually taught high school biochem and physics for a year. Uh Um, And then from there, I started my master's in rehab med. um, And that was a little bit short-lived, unfortunately. Um, I ended up getting married. Um, and the story is that I had a semi-arranged marriage. And I always say this, like it wasn't like arranged. My parents didn't put a gun to my head. It was, you know, we were good on paper, not good in real life. Um, and that's what actually brought me to Houston. So mm. the guy was from here and, you know, South Asian culture, the girl moves to where the guy is at normally. Um, and so I moved here um, and I didn't resume Um, grad school, but I started doing my master's in holistic nutrition online. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, I ended up opening up my own holistic wellness and nutrition practice here in Houston that was also located inside of a yoga studio. So then I, you know, at the same time started teaching yoga. Um, And during that time, I ended up actually getting divorced. Um, In the midst of that, I had this new business that I really wanted to work on. And somehow my parents just kind of let me have some time with it. Wow. Um, You know, normally. the the new business is Macaroon by Petite. No, that new business was just my clinic. Oh, clinic. And so, um, and you know, normally you go back home to your family. And so the conversation was, mommy, daddy, I just started this. And can you just give me a few months to like, see if this will get anywhere, you know? Uh So um, it was great. I worked with a lot of children with ADD, ADHD, or on the autism spectrum. I worked a lot with individuals with IBDs or Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, um, IBS for lack of better term. And the thing that really got me interested was the fact that my brother has Crohn's disease, right? So I was already naturally gravitating towards learning more, understanding more, researching more. Um, And I had a great experience with another holistic nutrition practice in Virginia, Mm -hmm. um, which got me compelled to kind of do it here. So the practice was good. But through that, I started randomly making macaroons for the young little kids that would come see me because who wants to be the lady who's like kale and pineapple smoothies all day long, you know? Right. So I would go ahead and I looked for macarons in Houston. This was about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and they're just, it wasn't there. I mean, macarons are very um, specific and they also have a really terrible shelf life. It's like one day. one day. So if people don't buy them, they go stale really quick. And so a lot of pastry shops weren't carrying them. If they did, they, they weren't good. Um, the other thing is they're really expensive to make. So tell me, where did you come and I'm going to rewind this. Let, yeah. me, let me rewind it a little bit. So you were in Alberta, Canada. You got married. Yeah. Moved to Houston. Yes. Family stayed in Alberta, Canada. Yes. Mom and dad. Yep. Where are they at now? Here. They moved over here. Here. My whole family's here. Mom, dad, brother. So you got divorced. Uh-huh. And did parents move after you got married? or They moved after, after Macro and Business started. Okay. So, but- so my brother became my business partner. And then a couple years later... My dad came and looked at my QuickBooks and told me, he's an accountant. Okay. And he told me I didn't know what I was doing, gotcha. which he was so, absolutely right. So slow motion again. <laughs> you, you you got divorced, started this holistic uh, business. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what is the holistic? It was a nutrition practice, Nutri- like a, yeah, holistic pra- wellness and nutrition holistic practice. Holistic wellness uh, uh, practice. You started that. Parents were still in Canada. Mm-hmm. 
they came to visit you. They're like, you know what? You don't know what you're doing. We're going to move over here with you. No, so, so did the holistic wellness and nutrition practice, started making macaroons, suddenly had catering companies call me and I was starting to make them out of my apartment. I'm talking like 800 to 1,000 macaroons uh-huh. a week. And then my brother was like, we should open up a business. And I'm like, we should. And he thought macaroons. I'm like, we don't know what we're doing. Um, so he moved here. We open up the business two years later. My parents moved Your here. Parents move. Okay, yeah. so now we get the whole yeah. timeline. Because my parents, I mean, they were empty nesters at that point, and really, I think they wanted my to want to be around my brother. They want to be me. around. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you named it Macaroon by Patisse. Yeah, who's Patisse? Kind of me. <laughs> I. It's so silly. Okay, so when I started the company, uh-huh. it wasn't just going to be macaroons. Okay, and so when I, you know, when Facebook ten years ago. I thought I'd call it patisse, short for patisserie in French. In so French. it would be like American French, like, oh, you know, where'd you get that? I got it at patisse. It, just, it sounded good. Yeah. And then when I got into River Oaks, they, of course, had exclusives. And so they were like, well, there's La Madeleine here in Epicure. You have to pick one pastry. Yeah. So I had 100 followers, Sam, and I needed those 100 followers to know that I was macaron by patisse, which is ridiculous now. Uh-huh. Um, and so now I don't tell anyone that story because people think I'm Miss Patisse. I get cards addressed to me as that. People think I'm Chef Patisse. So we just go with it. Somebody even named their dog after me. And I was like, <laughs> okay, we're, we're just going to go with this now. So so tell me, um, so you started this business. Then we saw in, you know, in Tillman's uh, show that you have you know, gotten this commissary, uh-huh. you and your brother, uh-huh. which was way bigger than... You know, I don't know how much was true in the show. A little bit fabricated there. (laughs) It was really big. Yeah, no, we use every square inch of it. You you use every square inch of it. Okay. So so it's not. No, it wasn't entirely true. I mean, there's some things about reality TV, you know, that aren't entirely true. You do pick up lines. Some some is fabricated. Yeah, some of it is. I mean, you got to get ratings, right? No one's going to watch a show that doesn't have some drama. Of course. (laughs) So now you have two locations, three, right? So we have um, two boutiques and a kiosk in the Galleria, and then we have our commissary. And then we also do wholesale and ship nationwide. So I've seen the one in... I, I've seen the one in River Oaks and the one in Gallery. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I sent you a text yeah. because that was the first time ever saw it in Woodlands. I mean, Woodlands is so far. I know. I mean, <laughs> I know. if someone tells me to go to Woodlands, I'm like, oh my God, do I got to pack a bag or something like I that? I know. I know. So Don't they say it's like going to Dallas? It's like, might as well. it's south of Dallas. Yeah. Right. But, but yeah, so I went over there and it's a really nice area. And Thank you. Very nice uh, shop. Matter of fact, I went in there, walked around. I'm like, yeah. the ladies like probably thought I was a creep looking at no. it. <laughs> No, people are always very mesmerized when they walk into that shop. It looks like a little jewelry store. So people yeah. are a little bit intimidated initially. And I, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful store. It's it's very, it's very pretty. Um, Thank you. And of course, first time I saw it was a billion dollar buyer. Yeah. So did you open that shop? Because like it said, it was a grand opening and all that stuff. Right. So, um, yes, another reality show faux pas or whatever you want to call it, um, or non-reality. Uh, no, that shop had already been open for a few months. But and it was so, still new. But it was still new. Um, but, you know, the whole idea was Tillman telling us not to open. And then I went ahead and opened, you know, that kind of deal. Um, so we created that nice storyline. But, no, we were open. And all of those people there were our friends and family um, who had to sign the mugshot saying they'd be cool with being on TV. Um, we did have Perrier Jouet sponsor that entire all champagne, which was wow. a lot. So everyone left very happy. Everyone left happy. Now, <laughs> let me let me ask you a question. So when did you go back to your timeline? When did you start Macaroons by Petit's? What year? So we um, signed the lease at River Oaks in 2012. Okay. We opened in 2013. Okay. 2014, we opened Galleria. Uh-huh. 2015, we got the commissary. 2016, we opened Woodlands. Woodlands. So, so you've been in business for about seven years now. Yeah. Or almost, almost eight. Almost yeah. eight, right? Mm-hmm. So 2013, early 2013? Yeah. 
January. January. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so we just so, had our seven year anniversary for River Oaks. So so you know it's a lot of businesses. I mean you know it's it's a it's a big challenge. You know the first five six seven years. And I always tell people like and even in videos I do and I always say you got to just you know you got to tighten up the belt. And you just gotta, you know, just gotta work, work, work that for five, six, seven years. What, what do you? I mean, what do you think about that? Um, I completely agree with you. Um, I do think that we're. I'm very fortunate. I think that I have a product that stands out. Mm -hmm. um, I think that my location, my initial location, was fantastic. It was the right place, right time. It was a perfect storm. You right. know, um, many people did come into the market, and many people have already left. But Houston's competitive, and so I'm very humbled and grateful that we made it as far as we have, um, as far as the, my work ethic and how things happened. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be honest, the first like five years, I didn't really pull much of a salary. I pulled like a draw, you know, cause we were putting, reinvesting it back in the business. Right. Um, but we did do well at each one. So it's not like we were worried about like, you know, having debt or having to work. Like we didn't have to worry like that. Like that was something that wasn't a burden on my shoulders. And I'm very mm -hmm. fortunate for that. So, 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 you know, you said that you did not take a salary. You, you took a, just took a I'd draw. draws. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's, there's people who, you know, they open up something and two months later, like a year later, they buy a big house, buy a nice car. Well, I will tell did you, you buy I, a nice Ferrari my, or something? you know, I so want a new car and I, we joke about this all the time because I still drive my 2010 Lexus IS 250 what? to this day. Well, you should have treated still, yourself with a seventh year anniversary. I know. I know. You know, I do. I, there's, I have some more goals in mind before I do it, but uh -huh. I mean, for me, it's, it gets me from point A to point B when I'm in the city, I generally Uber. So I, it doesn't really matter, but yes, of course, everybody wants to have a nice ride. I mean, um, but yeah, I'll be honest that there you have it if you see me around zipping around my little is 250 it's me <laughs> hey nothing wrong with the is 250 no nice. no and it's been so reliable and i've had no issues like knock on wood knock yeah. on wood. you know it's a lexus so I'm, I'm sure since you live in town unless you go to south of dallas which is <laughs> aka woodlands you know it's you're really not putting a lot of miles no so so tell me like if if someone is listening and they want to be an entrepreneur they're an aspiring entrepreneur they want to open up a business it can be anything a cafe a bakery anything you know, nail shop. What 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 is a couple of messages? Couple of messages or some some kind of inspiring message you'll give them. Uh, I don't know if this is gonna be inspiring or not. Or I think a, 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 an know, advice. Just yeah. give an advice. I think one of the things that you know I do. I get a lot of people that come to me with you know small business plans, and it's so exciting, and I love looking at them and and kind of hashing them out with them. But I think the first thing to do is. What is your product? Who is your client that you're catering this product to? And what makes this product stand out, right? Uh -huh. Like, it's not to say that you can't have more than one macaron shop or you can't have more than one burger place or you can have more than one steakhouse, right? right. There's plenty of that around. Right. But what is it that sets your product apart from anyone else's? So I think that's like the first thing because everyone can be like, oh, I want to open up a jewelry store. I want to go ahead and do a clothing thing. Like, what is it that's different? Um, and then the second thing was, don't be afraid of the hustle and the grind. Like that's really what you're going to have to do. There is no shortcuts in business. It literally is that first, from the moment you sign that first piece of paper that you're going to do this to the end, like you are going to be working. Mm -hmm. And so if that even slightly is not part of your lifestyle or you feel like being a business owner is just the idea of being a business owner, don't get into it. Don't get, don't get into it. What do you think about, what do you think about how people get into business because they want freedom, freedom of time? What do you, what do you think about that? Um, I think, at least in my opinion, I think it's a myth. I don't necessarily think I have freedom of time, but I do think I have flexibility, if that makes sense. How like I'm able to be here you? having a little chat with you 
in the middle of the day, right? If I had a nine to five, that wouldn't be possible. But this also means that I woke up at 5 a.m. I was already at work. I got here. I'm going to go to another meeting. I'm going to go to my kitchen. And I don't know when my day is going to end. You send me a text at 530. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, this girl, this girl's worse than me. (laughs) I'm up early. Um, I start my days quite early. I I know you were surprised because I I sent you you a back, And I was like, wow, he's just like me. (laughs) But I do think that that is a commonality between business owners, don't you think? Well, we tend to be the ones that get up really early. No, especially a lot of South Asians, they don't wake up at no. 5.30. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. Know? So, um, you know, a lot of people, that's what they think. They're like, you know what, if I'm going to be a, a business owner, if I'm going to business, I'll have flexibility, I'll have freedom, I can go on the weekends to, oh, no. you know, go go see the go see New York or something well, like that. Well, I also think it depends on your business. I'm in the retail world. For me, my weekends are the busiest time of the week of the week for me, right? right? Second thing is, I'll be really honest, the first three years of my business, I didn't have a life. First year of my business, I pretty much slept maybe an average of two to four hours a night. Mm-hmm. You know, um, did it impact my health? Yes. Did it impact my relationships? Yes. Did it impact, you know, any other goals that I might've set for myself? Absolutely. Is the payoff phenomenal at this point? Yes, of course. But you know, it, it when people talk about balance, that honestly just does not exist. Balance does not it exist. It does not exist. But you know what? I got to give you a high five on that because that's exactly what I said. <laughs> I said there is no work-life balance. There isn't. And there's going to be times where you're going to, you know, be more towards your work life. And then there's going to be times when you're going to get that little flexibility to do more of that play. And then, you know, it's going to ebb and flow. But there's never going to be like, oh, I get to do both every day. Yeah, you no, know, like it just doesn't work like that, that way. So now, um, I know you, you, I was talking to you on the phone when I was trying to get you to get you know, get over here. You told me that you like to travel also. I do. How long, when was the, like, once you first started your business, I mean, everybody likes to travel, right? And traveling is good for the, yeah. for the mind. It, it frees you, it teaches you things. But what was the first time once you started your business that you really were able to travel? Okay. So I'll be honest this, I don't even know how it happened because now I'm like, how did I do this? It was within the first five months. So it was in my fifth month of okay. the shopping open. So it was in May. Um, and I actually went to Paris. Oh, wow. And um, I went because I actually want, I had opened up a macaroon shop, but I wasn't professionally trained. Uh-huh. And so I thought, let me go ahead and take a class or two or three there and see if I'm doing things right, which very different. And it was a great experience. Uh-huh. But I did. I went to Paris for about five days. Um, and then I was back. And then I didn't travel again for another. So basically, I try to dedicate one time a year where I travel and it'll be like a week. Uh-huh. Now, leading up to that, I have everything in place. Like people know that there there's blackout periods. Yeah. You're not allowed to take time off. You're not allowed to get sick. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, but I'm also lucky. I work with my brother. My mom and dad are involved. So having family there, it makes it a little bit easier. But generally, one major trip a year that's international and then like small little trips. If I can So go it. five months. And then after that, when was it? The next a year second later. One? A year later. Yeah. Well, awesome. So that's good. So, um, you know, shoot, it's it's really hard sometimes in business to take breaks. I mean, I dedicate, well, I have since last, I don't even remember, 10 years probably, try to take maybe like, like you know, one family vacation right. and, mm-hmm. you know, one maybe like a little getaway or something like that. And, and it's important. You know, it's it's important, hard, but it know. is. But that is something also that anyone you're with is going to have to understand is that even though you're on vacation, I just can't shut it off. My phone, is, I'm still checking my emails. I'm still checking the phone. I'm still checking my production schedules. I'm still like, I'm still there. You know, I have to limit it, of course, but I do need to still be on top of it. So, you know, let's talk about macaroons since that's yeah. your business. There's hundreds of places that make macaroons, mm-hmm. right? And you just said, what makes you different? 
Mm-hmm. Right? So what makes you different? I mean, you know, H-E-B sells macaroons, not Kroger sells macaroons. Have you tried them? that's what i should have done i should have brought a taste test today um no so i think that there's a few things one ours just taste phenomenal and the reason why they taste phenomenal is we use phenomenal ingredients Uh you're not getting a macaron for a dollar fifty you are paying your 225 but you're getting that 225 worth we use belgium Uh chocolate we there's no shortcuts we don't use a depositor each of my employees still hand pipes each macaron shell out um so the quality is just phenomenal right you know the difference between like a cupcake from a certain place and a cupcake from another place. And I won't exactly. use names, but you, you know the difference yeah. in quality. Um, the second thing is we're continually being innovative. So I don't know if you've ever looked at our social media feeds or anything. We do one to two new flavors every month. Mm-hmm. We always have themed macarons. So like, for example, for the Super Bowl, we did like potato chip chocolate and pretzel white chocolate mustard, like things like that. We're constantly innovating. We do football shaped macarons. We do custom macarons where you can print your face on them. Mm-hmm. Um, for Valentine's, we, we did a singles box so that you could give it to your girlfriends who are single or, you know, just as a, you know, so it says things like swipe left or right. next or, so we're constantly just, just innovative. Yeah. We're always doing something different. So it's not a traditional bakery. Right. And the other thing is we only specialize in macarons. That's all we do. So that was my next question. Yeah. You don't do anything else. No, we do do some, like if we're doing large catering uh-huh. we'll do like mini pies or moose cups or cupcakes, but we like my minimum order for that is quite high. So, I mean, you know, I like, if I buy, my family loves macarons. So we get them from two places, either, either you or there's another competitor of yours on, on the, on the West side, because mm-hmm. we live in the West side. Right. So, uh, right by I-10 at Bellway mm-hmm. area. And, and I mean, you know, the cup, I mean, of course the macarons that we, we get from one of you places or versus macarons from Kroger's taste totally different. Well, and I think it just also goes back to the whole stale factor. You have to think about turnover, right? If that person's not turning over that many macarons, within a day they're stale. Yeah. So, you, I mean, think how many people are really buying So the shelf life of a macaron is one day. One day. Okay. And why is that? I mean... So they just do... They're a pastry. They have meringue in them. They're made uh-huh. with like egg whites and almond meal. And so the egg whites tend to dry them out really quick. Um, just like a meringue would. You know how they kind of get dry when they're exposed to air? So the shelf life is just... So if you're, they're not turning... And that's what I always tell people. I'm like, don't, whenever you see macarons and they look great, buy one, try it. If it's stale, you know that the rest of them are. Don't waste your money. Because they are expensive. They're expensive. You know? Um, and that's the other thing, right? Two like the two, cents is- you know, you buy, you buy, you buy two dozen of them. That's 50 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, but that's another thing. I think people have this idea of, oh, like the margins must be so great. Um, I teach macaron classes every month and we do private classes and stuff as well. Um, and you'll come to class and you'll realize how much actually goes into the making of macarons. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point you won't complain. No one will complain. <laughs> no, but um, I, I don't complain because I like them. No. I, I mean, no, no. Are your gluten-free? Yes. So we okay. do over 20 flavors out of all, like all of our flavors are gluten-free except for usually two. Usually two. So cookies and cream and birthday cake generally tend to not be gluten-free. Uh-huh. Right now, um, for the flavor of February is chocolate fudge brownie. We also had that for the Super Bowl and that one is also not gluten-free. And, and that's one of the reasons why people like, you know, uh, macaroons because... Most of the time it's gluten-free. So people who are gluten intolerant, I mean, you know, Right, or even people with celiacs. Um, we also do accommodations for people who are dairy-free, so we'll make custom macarons for them. Um, the other thing that we always do also custom is people are throwing events, like weddings, will custom match their colors yeah. or monogram or, you know, invitation suites to match. Um, so I think all of that custom action is what people come to us my for. Brother, my brother got married uh, last December. 
Congratulations. Yeah. Not this past December, the December, I mean, 2018. Yeah. And they ordered macarons from you. Oh, thank yeah. you. So that was, oh, that's so, so that nice. Was, yeah. So we are your customers. I love I love hearing things like that. Still, yeah. seven years later, I'm still like, tell me how great I am. Honestly, I know. <laughs> I, I've been in business for 22 years. And if someone tells me they bought some furniture from me, I love it. Right? I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it's good. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. No. So yeah, you know, learn from me. 22 years later, you're just seven years in. Three oh. times more. You'll, 22 years later, you'll still be like, yes. I'm sure I'm going to, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, one of my one of my good friends, uh, have you ever heard of BB's Cajun? Yeah, of Cajun. course I have. So the other day, I, I, I went to go eat crawfish, and I sent um, Brooks a picture. And I'm like, hey, look, I'm right here. And I mean, he's had BB's for a long time yeah. now. And he's like, you know, he's like, oh, man, I, I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have uh, I interviewed Russell Ibarra and... I mean, I was telling yeah. him, you know, you know, everybody doesn't get old when you are there, you know, when you are just basically patronizing their business. People just love it. It's just, it's just human behavior. Well, just I guess. recently, I got a picture from a client, and she took a picture of her daughter that she used to bring in seven years ago. So she's in a car seat eating a lemon macaron, and then also her daughter now sitting at the chair at our shop eating a lemon macaron like and i'm like i cannot believe your child has been coming to us yeah. like you know this little baby that's involved into this young girl yeah. um and it was just it was a nice feeling how great of her that she captured that yeah that and moment. she sent me them side by side actually that is so good yeah so tell me i mean you know so your brother got your brother got in the business with you you and your brother started this business mm -hmm. and then you're like okay well hey you know we're gonna start it was there an idea was there something like a planning that went behind it or like okay hey you know is that this is uh, we're going to have a business plan. We're going to have a financial plan. I mean, what did you do? I mean um, yeah, but not the way that people make like 20 page reports. Okay. My financial plan was like two pages. Okay. You know, and the reason for that was obviously I wanted to make sure my numbers made sense, right? I'm deciding to go into River Oaks real estate. Like how Expensive. many macarons did I really have to sell to break even, right? And oftentimes and as a new business owner, I didn't even take into consideration like insurance and other overhead that I probably should have taken into consideration, you right. know? Um, and so I really did. And I'm one of those people that's very conservative. So I like to, you know, overestimate how much I would have right. to sell. Um, but at the time, my catering business was just booming. I literally was making like a thousand macarons a week. And I was like, well, if I'm doing this out of my apartment, surely there's a need for it, right? So I'd already been doing that for a year. I'd already tested the market. I was already doing um, commercial real estate at the time as well I have my license so I was already kind of networked out um, and so I went in a little bit confidently I think now if you ask me I was like man I was a really confident 27 year old you know like what was I thinking um, and how did my parents trust me to do all of this but um, yeah I just I think I just knew. So did you get some help from your parents uh, to start the business? The business was completely funded by my parents' retirement oh, funds. Yeah. Awesome. So my mom took early retirement. She worked for a Canada for 27 years. Uh -huh. She retired early and um, yeah, we used that money. Have you paid them back? Yes, we have. All right. There yeah. you go. That's a, that's yeah. a proud moment. I, anyway, yeah. I like no, the way I don't the worry about told you I'm not in debt, not even to my dad. <laughs> but that's awesome. This concludes the part one of Make Shit Happen, episode number 13 with Sukhana Rajani. Please tune in to part two. This is a powerful one, guys. You can't miss part two. See you in part two.